A friend of mine delivered some individually wrapped cookies with Keep the Hearts label on them for an upcoming conference promotion. She added six free extras to the box. I put those big cookies on the counter in the kitchen and said to myself, you can have just one. This was a self-control exercise. My grade at the end of the exercise was an F. (laughs) Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. I kept coming back into the kitchen to check on those cookies, and by bedtime, I had eaten all six of them. And they were not tiny. They were large, and they had this huge disc of chocolate on top of the shortbread cookie. By about 2 a.m., I was so sick to my stomach that I had to get out of bed and pace the floor between glasses of ginger water. The sugar overload hit me hard. You know what? I had it coming to me. Have you ever told yourself that you couldn't eat a certain food for a certain period of time and then you'd go and eat more of it than ever? Or have you tried to hold yourself back from losing your temper and then you exploded like a cannon? Or maybe you've experienced the runaway tongue that blurted out something that should have been edited before it was spoken? These examples are all related to a lack of self-control, also known in the Bible as temperance. Temperance is defined in Webster's Dictionary as moderation, particularly habitual moderation in regard to the indulgence of natural appetites and passions. It is also defined as patience, calmness, and sedateness. In the Strong's Concordance, temperance is defined as self-control. Self-control is unnatural, but it can be gained through training. God wants us to have this fruit of the Spirit, so He trains us through exercises that come into our lives. The problem is this. We're spiritually flabby in certain areas, so we may not feel like exercising even if we need it. A workout for the Spirit yields even greater benefits than physical exercise. Spiritual workouts improve all areas of our lives. Let's look at some exercises we can practice to cultivate the fruit of temperance. Number one, exercise moderation with any appetites. Pick areas where you're struggling and make them a priority in your spiritual workout routine. Is temperance with food a weak area? Start with prayer. These areas tend to run in families, and many behaviors with food are tied to things we've learned or habits we've developed over years. God knows why we have the weakness, so He can direct us to the things that will help. Make your home a safe zone by keeping healthier options in stock and limiting or eliminating the presence of things that may cause you to overindulge. As the saying goes, when fleeing temptation, don't leave a forwarding address. Maybe you've had an out-of-control spending habit. Once again, this is a matter of prayer. And then set yourself up for success by carrying cash. Now, you've heard this before. You've probably stopped and started your money diet so many times that you may even be worse off than before. But this is why we need to pray first and take action afterwards. 
God gives direction in a way that will help us. And in the meantime, before you spend, remind yourself that spending determines how many hours you'll have to work. If your spending is greater than your income, you've created a lifestyle of bondage, and that will leave you exhausted. But at least you'll have the latest cell phone so you can sit and scroll through the land of make-believe on social media. (laughs) That's a small consolation, isn't it? Life is about so much more than just things. Memorize this verse to remind you to exercise moderation. Philippians 4, 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, maybe there's another area where you find that your appetite, whatever that appetite is, is out of control. Invest in your spiritual strength by spending time with the Lord in prayer and then take action as he guides you through his word daily. Daily Bible study is an excellent source of appetite management. God teaches us to care for ourselves because he cares for us. Number two, exercise restraint with moods. People shouldn't be sorry that they have to live with us. Here are some common areas that really do need work. First of all, under number two, the moods. Irritable people make life feel like every room is carpeted with eggshells. The fear of displeasing a person or setting them off is emotionally exhausting and it is abusive. If you have to live with someone like this, you know what it's like. And you know that you have to spend a great deal of time in prayer for wisdom for handling it as well as for the person you're living with. But if you are that person, Figure out why you're so irritable and work on resolving the issue rather than making everyone around you miserable. Here's another area that needs work, and it's a common one, the attitude. A bad attitude is something that few adults will tolerate in children or young people, but they write themselves a free pass. Discontented living is at the root of a bad attitude. If we feel like God owes us, we're going to wallow in a rotten attitude until it creates an unpleasant nature in us that we'll carry into our later years. How long do you want to stay stuck in the ditch of a bad attitude? Exercise restraint by putting a time limit on any foul mood. It's human to have a bad day, but we don't have to turn it into a bad life. Allowing ourselves to nurse a bad attitude indefinitely becomes habit-forming. You'll go to bed in your 30s and wake up as a grumpy old moody person, stuck in the habit of seeing everything through negative lenses. I don't think that's the future you want, is it? And finally, under number two, the common area of a lack of gratitude. We have so much at our fingertips, we think it's a crisis if we don't have internet access. What can we do to increase our gratitude? Well, we can practice deliberate thankfulness. You'll have many opportunities to do this. The next time you fill your tank with gas, thank the Lord for the gas and the car. The next time you bring home bags of groceries or have them delivered, pause to thank the Lord for his provision. When you go to work, thank the Lord that you still have a job when so many people in our country right now are unemployed. These are actions that are deliberate, that help us to remember that we have a lot more than we realize. Here's a good memory verse for exercising restraint with moods. Proverbs 25, 28, 
He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Now you've probably heard this verse dozens of times, but if you're not living it, what good has it done you? Our faith isn't measured merely by how much we know. Application matters. We deliberately choose whether or not we'll be moody and disagreeable or pleasant. Don't you love pleasant, kind-hearted people? Good. Be one. And finally, number three, exercise control over responses. This exercise requires a pause before speaking or acting. Here are some target areas that could use more attention. The area of anger. A person who can't control their anger should not expect relationships to be joyful. The strain of living with an angry person is indescribable, and there's no biblical justification for a Christian to inflict pain on another person like this. Anger has roots. Pray to discover them and deal with the root cause in a wise and sensible way. Another area is unfiltered speech. You know, you've heard people say this now. It's kind of the thing to say, I have no filter. Ho, ho. Oh, man, when I hear I have no filter, that is enough to get me to run in the other direction. (laughs) But just as an air filter cleans and purifies the air, filtering our speech means that we'll clean it up and purify it so that the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts are acceptable in God's sight, just as it says in Psalm 19.14. Our goals for having careful speech include pleasing God and protecting those who interact with us. Here's a reminder verse for control over our responses. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9. You know that night when I ate six chocolate-topped jumbo cookies? That was very educational. (laughs) How's that for a way to put it? I got my education from how sick it made me. The same thing happens when we've blown it in other areas of self-control training. God knows this area is not natural for us, so he'll continue to allow exercises in our lives to help us develop this fruit of the Spirit. It's odd how we resist things that are good for us, but when we stop resisting and yield our power struggles to the Lord, we discovered that what we really wanted could only be found by doing things God's way. Whether you call it self-control, temperance, or moderation, it takes practice to cultivate this fruit in our lives. Let's close with this passage from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-8, through 8, reminding us that we need to add temperance to our faith. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Francie Taylor, For more from Francie, visit KeepTheHeart.com for devotionals, books, and the popular Bible study series, I See You, In Christ Unconditionally. I See You is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today.
Thank you for listening.